Hello, welcome to this edition of The Iron Den with Ian. Oh, hi, my name is Ian. It's and little, Danny. It's a little bit different today. I'm not on the computer side. I feel like <laughs> I don't know what's going on now. So we have a special guest with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Andrea Diaz. I'm a senior in San Xavier University, and my major is psychology with a double minor in history and sociology. Okay, there you go. So well, more specifically, she's my girlfriend, and she, we want to welcome her to the first episode of The Iron Den. I was just about to ask, how do you two know each other? But your boyfriend and girlfriend, <laughs> that's why so you know each other the, very well. That's why I'm sitting on the other side today. <laughs> so what are you doing on the show today? Well, me and my boyfriend were talking about like comic books as usual because every day we talk about comic books and superheroes because, you know, we're big geeks on superheroes. <laughs> and like I was like, you know, talking about like in the whole DC and Marvel like rivalry. To me it's just ridiculous and so we were just talking about it like, you know, all week long about it. So are you more of a DC or a Marvel fan? Um well, I'm more of a DC than Marvel because okay. of like some reasons. Um, like, you know, like I'm getting into more with Marvel. Okay. But like, you know, but I have a long history with DC, so that's why like I'm a big DC fan. Okay. What exactly from DC do you like to read? Um, my favorite um, comic book, you know, it's actually my very first comic book is Watchmen. By okay, Al there you Moore. go. That's a good one, Alan Moore. Thrown right in the deep end, like and Dave Gibbons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like here's comics like everything wrong about comics is the first comic you ever read <laughs> the Pretty funny much. thing about that is that i first read that when i was in fourth grade oh wow yeah oh, wow <laughs> i didn't i didn't read Watchmen until i was a sophomore in high wow i read it really I, really young that's I, a strong story for a fourth grader oh yeah like at first i read it and i didn't understand it but i loved it so much and like the person that gave me this comic book was my computer like science teacher she was like oh you know you would love you know this book read it and i was like okay and then all these adult themes and i was like oh my god that's a pretty <laughs> awesome school teacher yeah i read it when i was uh 12 I, my i got it for 12? Yeah, I, got I was like five or six years older than you when I first read it. <laughs> I got it like I had a surgery on my left leg, and my mom said if you if whatever you want to make you feel better, I'll get that. And that's when the movie was coinciding with okay. that release. So I'm like, I want to know before I get in, like, what am I gonna watch? Right. And I'm I still liked it to this day. It's still really fun. I uh, healed really well. I had two surgeries, so like I read it every day of like the surgery, so I had to kind of figure it out because I had trouble reading it the first time. But yeah, 12 years old, and well, it's not as bad as her. I said, wow, I wasn't ready for it at 12. I couldn't imagine at 10. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, um, when it came to Watchmen, I mean, I, I read it too. And I did you guys read the Black Freighter stuff that paralleled with it? It's boring, but I read it, yeah. <laughs> I read it anyways, but like the in-between like newspaper stuff I couldn't get through. But that was a pretty strong strong theme of Watchmen. But other than Watchmen from DC, what what else do you like? Um, I like um, Superman, Superman Red Sun by Mark Miller. That's another good one, too. That's a really, really good one. For those of you who don't know, um, that is a what-if story or an Elseworld story. So basically, it's a what-if Superman, instead of landing in, was it, was it Kansas? <laughs> yeah, Kansas, yeah. sorry. Smallville, Kansas. Smallville, Kansas, he ends up in Russia. So he basically becomes the ruler of the world and... Brainiac has a whole big thing to do with it, but we will talk about that for another episode. Please don't talk about it at all. I still haven't read it yet, and you kind of told me the ending. I'm like, uh, I don't know. All right. Um, so uh, so it's Watchmen, Red Sun, Superman. What else? Well, two more titles. 
this one is not a DC comic, but I really love this comic. It's like really close to my heart. It's The Crow by James O'Barr. I love The Crow. That's oh, an awesome really? that's an awesome story. I love The Crow. Yes, Eric Draven. Go on. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite comics of all times and it's the comic that I um let my um boyfriend borrow and he got, you know, pretty sad from reading it. He's all like, you know, I like it. Oh, it's him, a very but sad story. Very sad. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a <laughs> very dark dark theme. Did you read the poems that were that were in it too? Yes. Yeah, there were some some pretty powerful words in there from James O'Brien and an awesome artist too. Actually, his, his, I don't know if you guys know this, but his inspiration from the book was because his wife had died. I believe it had she had died in a car crash, or a drunk driver had killed her in a car crash, or something like that. So basically, his emotions were the crow, and that's how we got the crow. So that is a non-DC comic book, but it's an awesome comic book nonetheless. Um, so in turn, so we already talked about maybe other titles other than DC as well as DC. So you said you started reading Marvel. Yeah, like I just began with um, Marvel. Like uh, my boyfriend, he like um, starting to like introduce me to titles like um, Venom. I I was just about to say I know Ian's a real big Venom fan, so he had to start <laughs> off something Venom. from the Spider Man verse or something. Okay, so which Venom, if you don't mind me asking, is it Eddie Brock Venom or Flash Thompson Venom? I'm pretty sure I started here with the Flash Thompson Venom. Cause there you go. Because that's He's like, good stuff. It's a really cool. It's something like I I personally have had heart had trouble getting into more modern comics. Mm-hmm. Either Marvel reboots their issues every year and a half or DC does a new 52 and I just like completely shut off from modern stuff. I'm trying to turn like that around, trying to get into the DC Rebirth stuff. So but, since you like Venom so much, I mean, we talked about two different Venoms. Why don't you talk about the, the, the differences uh, between the two Venoms? There's Eddie Brock and then there's Flash Thompson. Eddie Brock's the Venom that made Venom famous. He's the original Venom. He was the guy who Spider-Man, quote-unquote, ruined his life and stuff. And then this alien symbiote that Spider-Man once wore found him at a church because he was going to contemplate suicide because he's like, oh, Spider-Man ruined my life so much. And then he gets infected with his alien. It's like, dude, I I know everything about Spider-Man. What a coincidence. Yeah, Peter Parker first picked up the symbiote in Secret War. I love Secret Wars. and And then somehow Eddie Brock... Got up, got a hold of it. So yeah, it was like Peter's up above in the church getting it off because it hates Sonics, and it just like slithers down literally to the basement. Eddie Brock's contemplating suicide, and then gets joined by this thing. So he basically haunts Spider-Man, knows his identity, and I mean the first probably like four or five real good Venom stories with Eddie Brock, and then eventually he becomes kind of like a lame villain. Because it's like, you know all this about Spider-Man, but you haven't done anything with it. I mean, at least Green Goblin has, like, killed people close right, to Spider-Man. Right, Venom's just that guy in the shadows, like, I know you, Spidey. It's yeah, like, yeah cool, right. Cool, whatever, like, do something about it. <laughs> He's the one pointing fingers. And Flash Thompson's another character who has a big relationship with Spider-Man. It's yes, he does. It's the bully from Peter Parker's uh, high school days. Yes, he so he actually joined the army. He became a corporal, but during a uh, mission, he gets his legs blown off in a bomb. So he's got no legs, and it's really sad. But then uh, the government's all like, "Dude, we totally got this cool symbiote here. You want to try it out?" And, and it's he's the like, same. "And he's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. I, I got legs again." <laughs> and it's this really kind of cool concept because he battles with two different types of addictions. The first off, the addiction to this really cr- crazy alien, the addiction to the rage too. 
yeah, also the addiction of alcohol mm-hmm. and like he has a lot of father issues, which hits me close to home because yes, I don't does. have the best uh, relationship with my father. So it's kind of cool to have that parallel. Same here. That's that's also why I like Flash. Flash Thompson's probably one of my favorite Marvel characters. His Venom is very underrated and very underappreciated, but I, extremely I mean, both. I, I mean, never had a the greatest relationship with my father either. So I mean. That's something to connect to with Flash Thompson. Bad Dad's Club. <laughs> and Flash Thompson can be president of it. Yeah. But, I mean, there's also really cool villains that we really don't see much of. The Return of the Crime Master. Yeah. Um, I remember that. really terrifying jack-o'-lantern. Mm-hmm. Who was killing everybody and throwing bombs everywhere. I, you remember I, when they went to Vegas and they had to liberate Vegas from hell with X-23, Red Hulk, and that time's Ghost Rider? I forget her name. because uh, been... She was a really mean and forgettable version yeah, of the Ghost she Rider. Was, so. She was no Johnny Blaze. No one's no Johnny Blaze. Not even Johnny or, Blaze at times can be Johnny Or Danny Ketch. I'm going super old school. but Or Danny Ketch. <laughs> but... I like the new guy. I forget his name, but he's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I wish they didn't cancel that series, too, but I liked the new Ghost Rider with the actual car. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of people like the car. A lot of people miss the motorcycle bike. I, I mean, I miss the, the hell bike, too, but hey, yeah, hell car is kind of cool, too. So we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the uh, yes. overall thing. So it's like I we just really started getting into the Marvel stuff. Right. So, and, Andrea, other than Venom, what else did you read from Marvel? What else did Ian introduce you to Marvel? Um, Like... Super, like that nah, Superman, <laughs> Spider Man. Okay. And that's it so far because like I haven't been a really big fan of Marvel for such a long time. Can you explain why? Okay. Ooh, meat and potatoes time. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so like I was starting to get into Marvel around like high school. Okay. Because that was when like the movies came out with like Avengers. Okay. And you know, and I was like, oh, you know, let me figure out what the Avengers are because I have no idea who they were. I mean, I had like vague ideas of who they were from mm-hmm. like you know like titles of comic books and all that but never really interested in them that much and so like i was talking to like a friend of mine she's like hey you know like we should you know check this out and this one guy overheard me and he like started grilling me saying oh you know oh you know you you know do you know this and that and you know oh you just like captain america because of like the way he looks and stuff like that and i don't know i just got completely put off because he was trolling out of yeah, nowhere. Okay. I was like, okay, like, you know, like, what's the deal with you? And Trolling. Like... <laughs> That's no fun. Yeah. Um, this happens on both sides. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a cultural hippie. I love everything, you know, uh, anime, manga, DC, Marvel. I mean, even the uh, indie stuff. I mean, Black Horse. I read Star Wars comics before I even touched Marvel or DC comics from Black Horse from the extended universe that's no longer canon. But I mean, it was it was it was They're great. They're bringing some it, stuff back to right, canon, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Here, there. They're touching on it, but but back then it was great. It was awesome original stories. Um, it wasn't until it wasn't exactly till the movies came out. The movies actually really popularized Marvel. When Disney or when Disney bought out Marvel, they actually made the comics, the titles, more popular because of the movies. So it's very surprising to me that someone would be grilling you, so to speak. I in mean, that way. from a guy who's loved this stuff his whole life, I mean, before 2008, I really still didn't know much about Iron Man. Right. Very, to be honest with you, I didn't know much about Iron Man. I mean, I knew he existed. I knew he was in the Marvel Universe. But beyond Marvel, Spider-Man and anyone related to Spider-Man was really kind of where I stopped. The same right. thing when it came to DC with Batman and anyone related to Batman kind okay. of stopped. Right. But I mean, like, I knew Superman and then I started going to more of his stuff. But that was because of the TV show. It wasn't like I ventured out on my own. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized that the comics are so different compared to the to the TV shows or to the movies, it was like, 
it stopped even me. So whenever 2008 rolled around, this is also the same time, surgery, first surgery and stuff. So I had to read a Watchmen and I saw Iron Man in theater. So it was a, 2008 was a really big year for me yeah. when it came to comics and superheroes in general. Mm-hmm. And I see, um, I see Iron Man up there. I'm like, wow, I never knew Iron Man was so cool. And it's because he wasn't cool in 2008 before mm-hmm. that. And then when Iron Man 2 came out, he was even cooler. And it's like, oh, man, they're actually going to do this Avengers thing? Like, they're actually going to make it work? And Thor was like, okay. But when Avengers came out in 2012, Mm -hmm. it was like, wow, I never knew I wanted this. And then it came out, and I loved it. And then everyone at my school the next day, like maybe a week ago, prior to the Avengers coming out, everyone's like, wow, what a weirdo reading comics at 16. Right. Monday morning after I saw the Avengers. Everyone and their mother is asking me questions, and it's like such a weird turnaround. I remember those days. Yeah, <laughs> Who's I mean, this? Who's that? Why does he do this? Why does he do that? Why, why, what, why do you get this superpower? How do you get this superpower? <laughs> and believe me, it was fun. It was really cool, but at the same time, I'm like, wow, not even a couple days ago, I would have been made fun of for right, this stuff. So, right, right. There was a real switch that was flipped there. It was a it was a switch, and it's I think bizarre. It's, it's always been that way since... I mean, I remember as a kid, no one liked Batman. Everyone preferred Superman, and now it's the flip-flop. No one likes Superman, but everyone loves Batman. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's you're going to have fickle fans with even within those, uh, I guess, universes here or there. But, I mean, in 2008, it really did all start with Iron Man. And after Iron Man came out, I mean, the comic industry just exploded. I mean, I remember when the Iron Man trailer came out, I had made friends with the owner of what used to be 10th Planet on 95th and Cicero. Um, but I mean, my love for comics from there just grew because I was in love with Wolverine and I was in love with the X-Men movies that were coming out. So I just kept reading everything Wolverine and everything Wolverine. And then, you know, you touch upon some Iron Man here, there, and then shortly after, you know, I, the success of Iron Man and then the success of the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, Iron Man 2 came out and then Thor came out followed by Captain America. That was basically phase one. There was a lot of there was a lot of comic content out there for people for for people to absorb. So basically, for for three years, it only took three years for the comic industry to take off as it did. And then, as, D- as, and as then well no response from DC until 2011's Man of Steel. Twenty thirteen actually. Twenty thirteen, even yeah. longer. Wow. Yeah. So. But and that I, wasn't in, wasn't Man of Steel's original intent not to be yes. the start starting point of a cinematic universe with just a new Superman story. That's true, but I mean, Andre, did you grow up with watching the DC cartoons like Batman the Animated Series and Superman and you know Justice League stuff like you know with Bruce Bruce Tim and Teen Titans? You know, what did you, what did you watch um, growing up as a kid in terms of DC? Like um, growing up, I was watching the Batman animated series, okay. Teen Titans. And like Wonder Woman, the 1979 show with oh, Linda really? Carter. There you go. Oh, wow. See, so go on. And so like, and also Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. I forgot yeah. about Terry McGinnis. That's <laughs> he's a good one. Go on. And like, I think that's so far I can think of right okay. now. But okay. you know, yeah, like I also watched the Batman like old school one with um. Adam West. Yeah, Adam okay. West. Okay. Okay. See, well, when it comes down to DC, I guess like DC in terms of television has had more success than Marvel by far. But that's not <laughs> to say that Marvel hasn't had their successes here and there with their own cartoons, like, you know, X Men and Spider Man. But everything else, I mean, other than that, was kind of a flop. I mean, wasn't it? 
I mean, every, w- name one thing that's a cartoon that DC's made that wasn't good. Um, probably their more recent Batman show called Beware the Batman. I mean, there was it was kind of like a weird CGI ish animation. It just didn't look good. Yeah, it looked very skinny and like gothy and like. <laughs> Right. The stories were also kind of weird. I don't know what they were trying to go for. I think they're trying to make Katana the Robin of the story, and Alfred was like supposedly the super cool dude. And it's like, I'm getting old now. I'm like, what? He's, you introduced him as a cool Alfred, and now he's like, I'm uh, now I'm old. Like, it was weird. I don't even remember. I think I remember like one or two villains. One was like Magpie and Anarchy. Like it was kind of cool. They're digging from the bottom of the barrel, but. Mm-hmm. When you're digging from the bottom of the barrels to start out with your heavy hitters of the series, that's mm-hmm. never a good sign. No. I mean, of course, I know you don't want to do another Joker or another Penguin or another Two-Face, but right. you can benefit from those. True. And I think um, there's always been this kind of like weird culture between DC and Marvel mm-hmm. that I've seen, and I think that's where this kind of whole topic came about and to explain that a little bit for those who are listening and don't know what we're talking about because usually when someone from the outside thinks comics they think you know superman's marvel and dc because he's a comic book character that's not necessarily the case because they're two different they're two different they're two different companies companies, they're two different people groups of people who want to make money in two different established universes Mm -hmm. if there's ever a crossover between the two of them which there has been there's been multiple but there's it's just not like recognized like sometimes they can be two different universes and then they have to fight for their own survival of the universe which is a really crazy book and or they can just be like yo new york's all those marvel weirdos we right. go to new york and then you know the dc cities are just all spread out through all the parts of america in other weird ways but it's just it just really depends on where things lie right and what your tastes are and what your interests are in and, so. I mean, there's different heroes and such, but I think it, the real problem that I wanted that we both kind of brought up was just the difference between the Marvel movies and the DC movies. Okay. Why are the Marvel movies, quote-unquote, perfect, and then why are all these DC movies the worst thing I've ever we've ever seen? Or, in their eyes, the worst things that people have ever seen critically, and a lot of fans don't like them either. True. So have you, uh, and Andrea? I wanted to ask her this. Andrea, did you have you seen any of the Marvel movies? Have you watched any Marvel movies at all? Yeah, I watched the um, Iron Man, okay. Iron Man two, Iron Man um, three, okay, um, the Avengers, um, the okay. Avengers, the Age of Ultron, and the Civil War one. Okay, Civil War. Okay, so you, you so you basically have watched all the first of the first two phases up to phase three. So how did you like those movies? As a, as a, as a, I'm, I'm going to go air quote DC <laughs> fan because, I mean, how did you like those movies? I mean, surprisingly to, like, a lot of people is that I love them, you know. I really like, you know, those movies. I mean, you know, like, I have some, like, you know, like, I'm, like, nitpicky of all the small things in the movies. Okay. Like what? Like, um, for, you know, my boyfriend brought attention to me about the Age of Ultron one with, like, um... Like, the villain, he, you know, told me in the comics he was actually much more scarier and, like, more, like, you know, fearsome. than Much more the, sinister. Yeah. Okay. Than in the movies. And so I was kind of, like, let down by that because, like, I didn't really think of him as much of as a big threat in the film. Much, like, in the film, I felt like the more, the threat was more, like, the dynamics within the superheroes. Right. And, like, within the Avengers than the actual villain. I mean, right. I kind of like that, but at the same time, I felt like... You know, that just, you know, it's 
He was a rushed villain with no purpose. Yeah. He was just a villain to be a villain and just to v- fill villain shoes, right? Yeah, like, you know, I know they were trying to build up to a civil war because, you know, yeah. that's when, like, you know, kind of like the snap of, like, the, you know, of the Avengers, like, you know, like, fighting amongst each other. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I felt like, you know, that was a little too rushed, too, because, like, yeah. I don't know, I just felt like it was unnecessary for me. Right. Here's the thing. Age of Ultron, I, I felt like was the weakest out of all the Marvel superhero movies. I mean, some would disagree, but I felt like Age of Ultron was the weakest of, out of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe In terms movies. of villains, it's definitely got in the terms worst of, villains. In terms of depth, too. That movie does that film doesn't have too much depth in it, either. It's in the middle for me, more towards the latter and part of that middle, probably towards more of the ones I really don't like. Right. It's kind of like, it's getting pushed back with every new good movie coming out. Right. But it's definitely, it's it's getting close to Iron Man 3, which I didn't find to be super great. I, I didn't, and when the Thor movies, both of them so far. Right. They're kind of, those. it's kind of like in that lower part of it. So that's where Age of Ultron kind of lands for me. Okay. So now we talked a little bit about the Marvel superhero movies, just the first two phases, just the first couple phases. Let's switch over to DC's movie list because right now in the DC Extended Universe is what they call it, they only have four movies and they're (laughs) barely in their first phase. Now, not to say that DC only has made four movies about their superheroes. No, that's not true. Um... Christopher Nolan made an awesome Batman uh, trilogy called the Dark Knight trilogy series, and it was it was amazing. It was great. I don't know how you guys liked it. How did you feel about it, Andrea? Oh, I really loved them. Um, that's like when like my love for Batman grew, because like I really like how like you know Nolan made his take on Batman a much more darker tone. Because like Batman, you know, like his story is pretty dark. I mean, he saw his parents got you know killed, you know, when he was like a young age, and how he basically had to like you know basically you know become a hero on his own mm-hmm. you know like it's much more darker than as like you know I, I liked it you know especially at that time I had like um a lot of things going on in my life and like I kind of related a bit to like the movies okay so you know I really okay. liked it a lot so we're seeing a theme here there's a lot of personal connections that we have towards these characters in these universes even though they are in two separate universes usually the relationship is just about the same, or the the, the 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 correlation is just about the same. It's a little, it's similar, no matter where you go. But the themes of these universes are a little bit different. So, but we will get into that just a little bit later. But Ian, I wanted to ask you, how did you like the Christopher Nolan uh, Dark Dark Knight series? The first one is really kind of hard to get through because I know the origin, I know that, and I think they kind of really stretch it out so much that it's like all the questions I never asked were answered for me. Right. And that's another thing, too. Sorry, let me um, interject real real quick. That's another thing, too. A lot of comic book superhero fans, especially hardcore comic book readers from the golden age, like the 70s and the 80s, guys who grew up with this and who, you know, own comic book stores and are graders, really are fickle about their films, too. So they really, they really dislike, Ian just said it, they really dislike the retelling of origin stories because... They already know these origin stories. They've known these origin stories for decades upon decades. Just get to the movie, get to the good stuff. But sometimes you need to reintroduce these characters in order for in order for them to connect to the modern day. Because, I mean, today isn't the same as, you know, we don't have the same problems today as we did 20, 30, 40 years ago. I oh, mean, absolutely. But I think that the Christopher Nolan movies are good, but they did three or four panels in 42 minutes. I read four panels and maybe... 
under five minutes as a kid, so it's like I don't need this to be so spoon-fed to me. But Batman Begins, whenever Batman was actually on screen, was really fun. The voice is just too comedic for me these days, and I think it's been satirized. The, the Christian Bale, Batman. <laughs> I mean, I feel like be voice. <laughs> it's just kind of stupid, and I think that's where the Ben Affleck voice modulator idea yeah, it made it really cool. It kind of digitized the the raspiness. I thought that was kind of cool too. Yeah, Dark Knight was great, fantastic. No, com- not many complaints. It was kind of convoluted at times, but mm-hmm. like that's the point of Joker. He's convoluted right. at times. Introducing Two Face at the end, I know why they did it because it's Heath Ledger's uh-huh. passing during the filming. Right. It would have been nice to have Two Face be the last part. Didn't like Dark Knight Rises that many to- that much, but I that's the only one I've actually only seen once. Okay. That's fair enough. But I didn't I would, like I would, I would, the choice they made with Bane. It's just not the Bane I grew up with. It's right. Kind of the the, the the jockstrap mask they gave him was really weird. <laughs> That's the only. I thing. never heard it put that way before. <laughs> and the, the jockstrap and mask. the stupid Scottish robot that very flamboyant voice they made him have. Mm-hmm. It was like. I couldn't take that villain seriously, even if he broke necks, which he did plenty of that. I remember he broke, like, probably five or six main characters' necks or something, or main... Or just people in the movie that, were like, were important. They He just broke a lot of necks, and I'm like... I was happy that he actually broke Batman, because Bane was the first to break Batman physically. I mean, so I like how they actually, actually brought that to life, but yes. it, at the same time, it's still him just groaning, and then breaks him, like... Okay... <laughs> I, like, they, he, like, like, I didn't know how they could ruin that part, that scene for me in movie, but making Bane groan during right. it was definitely the worst part. And that stupid, again, that stupid robotic, stupid voice. Okay, yeah, a lot of a lot of people couldn't get past the voice. I was fine with the voice. But... It wasn't the worst voice, but it's like it's like they just didn't know how to do voices. They did. It could have I mean, been way worse. It, I mean, it could have been Christian Bale's Batman voice, so. right? See now a lot of a lot of the DC uh, a lot of the attention that DC uh, movies get is the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Unfortunately, before that, there were a lot of DC flops like you know Catwoman. Oh, don't remind <laughs> with, me. <laughs> with Holly Berry, Joel Schumacher's uh, Batman with Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Batman Forever is not as bad. Right. I, I mean, mean, it's one of my favorites out of the original but ones. But before that, we had we, no, there 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 weren't really too many good DC movies, and before Christopher Reeves or Michael Keaton's takes on Superman or Batman. Yeah, it also didn't help that they were just kind of internet connected at all. Like, right. They kind of. I mean, Batman Returns. The only thing that was really a sequel about it was that they brought back Batman, Alfred, and G- Commissioner Gordon. Like, right. Besides that, it just seemed like another Batman story, a not su- really a sequel. Right now. In the early 2000s or the mid 2000s, I don't know if you guys remember, Superman Returns was coming out, and that had a lot of hype behind it. It came out the same year as X Men uh, Last Stand, which was god awful, by the way. That movie turned out to be pretty boring, and it was god awful too. I mean, that was just my opinion. Which I don't is know sad how you because got... they had the perfect casting for Lex Luthor, I think, yes. ever as Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I think Kevin Spacey was the best Lex Luthor ever. Uh, did Did you watch Superman Returns? No, you didn't. No, it's, it's bad. It, it. You're not. Yeah, you're not missing much. You're not missing much. But in terms um, of the extended universe between Marvels versus uh, DCs, like mm-hmm. we said, it took five years it took of a while. Marvel movies to finally get started. And Man of Steel, like we mentioned, wasn't supposed to be that Kickstarter, right, for the universe. So like, what was supposed to be the Kickstarter? There was never a Kickstarter. I think oh. they. I think the thing was that after Man of Steel did okay, and enough people liked it. 
and they thought Henry Cavill at least looked like the part for Superman, and mm-hmm. it was like really good. They decided to kind of like say, "We gotta compete with Marvel guys. Like, we gotta right. do this now." So they just kind of threw the Batman v Superman idea, and it was kind of tossed around. And then when Ben Affleck's like, "Yeah, I'll totally sign on," and stuck with the Batman choice. Well, let's look at Man of Steel for a little bit. It came out in 2013. It was directed by Zack Snyder. You got Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon as uh, Zod, which is awesome. Uh, Kevin, is it Kevin? Kevin Conroy? Who who was his father? Who played his? Who Kevin played? Costner. Kevin Costner. That's what it Kevin is. Kevin Conroy's the voice yes. of Batman. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Yeah. I watched Batman and Harley Quinn last night. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. We'll talk about that at the end. We'll save that review for the end. Um, so it was Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner and uh, it was Diane Keaton. Diane, D- 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 Diane, Diane Lane, is it? I think it's Lane or Keaton. I forget. So, it's but been... it, it had a it had a studded cast, and Martin Lawrence was the head of the Daily Planet. So it was it was a, a that's Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Man, I'm getting my names mixed up. It's really, fine. Really, really bad Martin this Lawrence morning. Is like Mar- bad yeah, boys yeah, guy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah, to see yeah, him in yeah. Man of Steel. Yeah. Like, sorry, sorry. I like to see him as Perry White. Lawrence now. Fishburne, Morpheus, The Matrix. Sorry, not Martin Lawrence. Wow, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's fine. It's a, it's a it's a weird difference. I would love yeah. to see Martin Lawrence as Perry White now. But um, Man of Steel, I got 55 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Was it? But it it did well enough to warrant a sequel and an extended universe. So, Andrea, did you did you watch Man of Steel? Yeah, like, um, I saw it in the movies. I thought it was, like, it wasn't as bad as people, like, wanted to make. I mean, yeah, it was different. It was a whole new different take. But, like, I understood why the movie was made mm-hmm. in the way it was made that way. Because, like, I was talking to my boyfriend about this, and I was like, well, you know, you know, think about it, you know, imagine yourself being the only, you know, superpowered being in the whole world and your father telling you you have to, you know, keep those, you know, powers to yourself, you know, don't, you know, tell anybody, you know, you have this. With great power comes great responsibility, right? Yep. Isn't that what Uncle Ben's told told Peter Parker? We don't know and we don't know and homecoming yeah. doesn't even get us. He doesn't even get a panel. Oh. I don't even know what he looks like still. <laughs> That's the best part. Go on. So, like, you know, I couldn't understand why it was super, like, you know, like, depressing the movie because, you know, of all, like, he's just the only, you know, character, well, only being with these superpowers, and he's trying to be gentle, mm-hmm. you know, with his surroundings, you know, was, like, around him. He's holding back most of his life. Yeah. So, when he puts on the cape and, you know, the the, the suit and everything, he finally has, fi- has found an avenue to where he doesn't have to hold back anymore, and he could do good with his with his gifts, right? And then the, the decision, and then, like, he finally finds people who are just like him. They're the same species as him. They, their bodies are affected the same way as his. But they're extremists. And they're crazy <laughs> violent, and they're murdering people. It's like, for the longest time, he just thought he was just a guy who had these powers, like mm-hmm. a human who had these powers. And he's like, I'm a Kryptonian. Okay, cool. And then he finds other Kryptonians. And it's like, wow, Krypton's pretty crazy. So it's like, obviously, he's going to go with Earth. So would you categorize Man of Steel as an origin story? It's an origin story for not necessarily Superman, more for Clark Kent to find where Clark okay. finds his way in the universe. That's it's a, a bold. Very, it's a good point. It's a bold decision to do because it's like because he's always going to be Superman regardless. He's always going to be Kal El from Krypton. It's just if he puts on his glasses because he finds who he is in this world. He's trying to find his spot here. Because his dad's like, Clark, you got to be like this. He's like, but I'm not Clark because Clark's a normal person. I'm not a normal person. Right. So then when he finally accepts him, that he is Clark Kent. And that's really where, that's why it's really cool. 
So then in Batman v Superman, you don't really need to know more about Clark because Clark's not really in it. It's now about Superman. Okay. And I like how they made Batman like he's a twenty. He's like we've had twenty years of a character we never would see, but you can expect mm-hmm. to see him off screen. You know the origin story about Batman. You right. see him. You right. see that you're one kind of element mm-hmm. in the Norlin universe, so mm-hmm. you can kind of assume that maybe they're the same thing. You know what? I read Batman Year One, and then I rewatched Batman Begins, with the exception of a few villains and a few you know concepts. It's pretty much panel for panel, year one. They parallel each other like oh, perfectly. Oh, yeah, it's kind of crazy when, yeah. you, when, you, when you just see that stuff. And I think the, it was another bold decision for Ben Affleck to be an older Batman who has been corrupted after 20 years of crime fighting mm-hmm. and seeing it getting him nowhere doing the things that we all know Batman isn't known for. Let's talk about that. So Man of Steel was pretty good. I would argue that it's one of the best, if not the best, Superman movie out there in terms of modern day films. It's maybe, pretty darn good. Maybe Christopher Reeves is Superman 1 or 2. It's iconic more uh-huh. than memorable. I mean, like... In terms of production, Man of Steel kicks its butt oh, by yeah. like Man, Man of Steel. no contest. Yeah, and right. Superman. I mean, Henry Cavill looks more like Superman than Christopher Reeve does, and he does a very good job at representing Kal El, Clark Kent. Not just Superman, but there's those like psych, per, those what? Are, how am I going to say? Those personas, I guess you could say, those identities that he that he's kind of struggling with himself. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of Batman v Superman, it didn't do as hot, apparently. But I watched it, but I watched the extended edition, and I I thought it was a movie. I thought it was great. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was a good movie, but it got a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. I disagree with that so, so much. An- Andrea, did you watch Batman vs. Superman? Well, like, um, I'm planning to watch it on Halloween with okay. my boyfriend, so I don't really have much of an opinion on Batman okay. vs. Superman That's as much fair as enough. I have an opinion on Man of Steel. Like, I will okay. defend Man of Steel. Okay. You know, I mean, sure. I'll defend Batman v Superman then. Since right. I I watched it first out of everyone. Go ahead, Ian. So in terms of uh, Batman v Superman, what did you like about it? I liked how it was just so good. It it looked good. The writing was like you had to watch it one or two more times to figure it out. Because I mean, in the theater, you're more excited, and it's like. You're trying to like understand the story because it's like it's. I watched Man of Steel the first time before I went to go see this movie, so it's like I'm trying now. It's like I can see Man of Steel like really clearly in the eyes of the people in Batman v Superman. You can see the ground level of Superman just tearing through Zod, and it's like I just right. saw this yesterday. So it's like as if I'm watching it at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it's this really cool parallel, and you can see Bat. I mean, you can see Bruce Wayne just being a awesome dude just being bruce wayne and like i had a lot of uh skepticism about ben affleck Mm -hmm. and i don't know much about him and i mean but his batman was fantastic i like again those bold choices they Mm -hmm. made jesse eisenberg's lex Luthor, the boldest choice i think they made so far yeah i wasn't too happy about that cast but he actually impressed me very very well he impressed me more than i thought because i mean oh yeah i thought he was gonna be horrid and i mean if I honestly had like a, an opinion of him being horrible, I would agree to an extent. But honestly, I thought it was entertaining as all hell. Yeah. I thought he was funny, quirky, so different from witty like, too, extremely witty mm-hmm. in the best way possible. It's like 
I wish that Eisenberg personally was casted as the Riddler or Joker because his talents would have been more appreciated in those roles. So I know you know more than than the both of us. Um, what comps, what concepts, what stories did uh, were were borrowed for Batman v Superman in terms of comics? Like what source material did they use heavily? They use a lot more Batman stuff okay. and maybe like one or two Superman things. But it was specifically a Man of Steel sequel with the Dark Knight Returns from Frank Miller just really creeping through the cracks of the Man of Steel sequel mm-hmm. and the idea of... For those of you who don't know, the, the Dark Knight Returns um, is a very... It's it's basically what happens after the world's been saved from everything. So basically, Bruce Wayne is still in Gotham, but he has no idea what to do. So basically, he takes up Batman, but he takes up Batman with guns. He basically becomes the Punisher. <laughs> Just with a bat suit on. It's really cool. And it's like he is old. He has no more morals. Like he's like, it's gotten me nowhere. I'm really mad. And at the same time, he sees Superman. It's like, okay, well, this guy can completely destroy everyone. So it's like if I kill him, I save the world. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know. He's like, because he's got that whole paranoid thing about, oh, man, Superman can easily destroy us all. Right. Which if you saw Man of Steel, you know it's never going to happen because it's like... He's too selfless. This Superman right. is like, he's quiet and reserved, and he doesn't smile that often, but there's a reason for that. <laughs> it's because it's like he was so alone for the longest time, and he had to kill the only people that were actually his blood. That's a good point. He had, he Not had, a lot of people think about that. He's got some major PTSD, and he's trying to, again, still find his place in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like the best he can do is... Show everyone that I'm the last Kryptonian, and I'm pretty darn good at being a good guy, mm-hmm. trying to find my place amongst you, and half of you guys don't want me, and the half of you who do want me, it's like, I don't know if I can completely trust you. So it's right. like, And, like, I really like how they, like, kind of, like, put, like, the whole immigration or xenophobia, like, um, spill in the story, how, like, he's literally an alien from another planet, and then everyone is like, oh, go back where you came from, and he's, like, trying to do good in the world. Mm-hmm. And he can't, he can't necessarily tell everybody, I can't go back where I came <laughs> from. My planet exploded. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, And just sometimes it's like, I, I mean, I didn't like how he didn't talk, especially during that Congress meeting, how he didn't stand up for himself, because that would have been a great, great scene of him just standing up and being like, guys... I know I might be a little extreme. I'm really starting to get used to these powers. It's like maybe about maybe a year and a half or two since I've actually been starting to use them every day. Go easy on me, guys. And I I would have loved him to just tell everyone off. But how he stood there silently, it's like he just is like he's just taking this. Like I but I understand that's like maybe it's still like he's just trying to stand there being like the bigger person because everyone else is Mm -hmm. yelling at him and he's just taking it like. Literally trying to put on that whole nothing can hurt me, nothing right. can stop me, nothing you can say will stop me from doing what I want. And it's like it speaks like actions speak louder than words. And I think that was one of my major complaints about rewatching it. I can kind of see why he did what he did. And I think it was pretty darn good. And I think the best way to summarize is that DC's doing bold things. Mm-hmm. Successful is up to interpretation, but you can't disagree that they're bold. Suicide Squad, as much as I know you don't like it. I, I was just about to say, um, from Batman v Superman, Batman uh, BVS, Dawn of Justice, actually introduced some pretty good uh, themes in it. So, like, the, the setup for Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman was in it. The setup for the Justice and League. she's pretty see, good in that. Right, you see files of Cyborg and Aquaman. We're, we'll get to Wonder Woman. But 
when you get to Suicide Squad, I mean, I know Ben Affleck's in Suicide Squad, but Only I mean, barely. he doesn't save the movie. I mean, I, I, I did not like Suicide Squad at all. Uh, I it's, thought I, I, it's got a twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, sixty one percent of the fans, you know, love it though. I guess you're one of the sixty one percent. I'm, I'm in the twenty five percent and the sixty one percent. I'm in the same percentage. I'm in that same. Now, that... Andrea, did you see Suicide Squad? No, but like. Halloween. We're all going to see it. We're going to see okay. those two movies on Halloween. It's going to be like, five hours of just superhero movies that to catch you up on stuff. Okay. So let's talk. So talk about Suicide Squad for a little bit, Ian. What is that? What What is Suicide, Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad is about a task force of some of the worst people in the DC universe, and they're going on missions for the government covertly because it's like they're they're the expendables on steroids, essentially. Pretty much. Who cares when they die? And if they get caught, we throw them under the bus. It's like, it was a pretty cool concept, delivered poorly. But again, that's the definition of bold. Like, they made Will Smith Deadshot, which was a pretty good casting, but Will Smith didn't have fun with it, so I don't really like Will Smith that much. You know what? Will Smith turned down the Independence Day sequel role for Suicide Squad. I think he would have been better off going with Independence Day two. Personally, and then going with somebody yes. Else. I, I would have found a better... I could have found a better Deadshot with my eyes closed. Yeah. I mean, Will Smith... Not to say Will Smith's a bad actor. He didn't do good in this movie. But that that was not his role. He didn't want it. It's... He wore his I, I, he wore his suit from the Wild Wild West in a scene on Suicide Squad. That's a thing. Like it actually happened. That's Wait, one of the, what? Yes, really? yes. He wore one of his like red long leather jackets from the Wild Wild West and wore it in Suicide Squad. Spoilers. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it was kind of cool. Like no, that, it wasn't. It, no, it was it cheesy. Goes, it goes back to the original look of Deadshot back in the fifties, because he had the whole tie. He had the, he he looked like someone from the Wild Wild West in the nineteen right. fifties. He didn't so look all tactical to, with the with the guns on his wrist. He's, like trying, he does. he's trying to play homage to it, so I thought it was kind of cool. It was cheesy, but like if anyone had to do it, it's Will Smith. Uh, enough enough laying into Will Smith because Will Smith didn't ruin this movie. Um, no, this movie ruined itself. The, 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 the constant recuts and stuff ruined it, and. Sure, Jared Leto didn't do much to Joker. He didn't add no, anything. No, he did not. He, he didn't did add not. anything to it. That's why I didn't he like him. He made Joker worse, in my opinion. And they're talking about, you know what? They're talking about Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio wanting to be the Joker mm. and this new Joker origin, Batman, whatever. No. I just got back from watching It this weekend. Get Bill Skarsgård <laughs> as the Joker because he did amazing as Pennywise the Clown. Get Bill Skarsgård as the Joker. Just make his life like evil clowns for the rest of his movie career, and he would do a great job. He might become an evil clown if we keep making him do evil clowns. Actually, he's such a sweet guy. He was in an interview where, like, he was uh, screaming at one of the um, kids in the film. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, like, scaring him, and the kid, you know, being an actor, was crying. And then, like, he, like, after, like, you know, a few seconds, he, like, he asked everyone to stop, and he was, like, comforting the kid, like, hey, you know, are you okay? I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no, you're doing so great. You know, keep going. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but he's just, you know, this fearsome clown, though. Yes. So it will, yeah, it was, it, I just saw it this weekend, and it was good. <laughs> but well, that's Jared, good. Jared Leto's take on the Joker was a joke. The theme itself, like that they were going for the whole eccentric gangster, it could have worked. It's just I think that if they made the it, original idea of Jared Leto being the Joker as the main villain, which was the original script idea, but turning it into the enchant into this enchantress mess, I thought that was it. Kind of mm, ruined it. Like yes, it if, did. If Jared Leto got a more proper 
chance to disappoint us, I would have been like, okay, he at least tried at least for two tried, hours. Right. But for the maybe 10, 25, maybe 20 minutes, let's be honest, let's, uh, maybe 20 minutes of him on screen were some of the most cringy 20 minutes of the film. But again, like... You, he, you didn't can't, he didn't solely ruin the movie but again. You don't, but you can't necessarily connect to these characters. There's no depth to these characters. They just throw these characters in with you and then put in, you know, put it in a blender and put it on high... And then out, out came this concoction. They put it in a cup, and they expected you to drink it. It was disgusting. Well, sometimes like, you don't really need to know every character. Like, you knew how some of them were. I mean, like, in the comics, I don't know much about these characters. Like, I don't know jack crap about Captain Boomerang beyond the Suicide Squad. True, but you can't argue that Will Smith and Margot Robbie got a lot of the attention from this movie. Like, they, those are the only two characters that actually got an origin story in that movie. Like, everybody else basically just talked about where they came from. And you see little snippets here or there of, um, what's what's the gentleman's name? The guy who could set things on fire? El Diablo. Thank you. He, you just see, like, little snippets of him, you know, I mean, maybe that's all you there. need. You don't need to know, oh, I was a gangbanger before I got my powers, and now I'm a gangbanger with fire powers. Like, <laughs> so I think they were trying to make him simple... Because it's like maybe that's all they have to offer to the table. Because I mean, in my eyes, that's how they, that's what all they have to offer to DC in general is that their villains, they had one bad day, or they just thought maybe who, I can. Who who was the villain? We were all the villains, right? Like who was the villain in that movie? Really? I think it was all, everyone was the villain. The government was the villain trying to replace Superman because that was the that was at fifty percent. Forty percent of that fifty percent was government officials who's like, dude, we like this guy. Mm-hmm. And I think the Suicide Squad movie is bad, and I think everyone is a villain in their own right in that movie. But it gave us the thesis statement of DC's entire cinematic universe, which is bad. <laughs> the world changed when Superman flew across the sky. Mm-hmm. And then it changed again when he didn't. Right. Referring to the end of Batman v Superman. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. Blah blah blah. I just whispered something, but she's had headphones on, so even if I said it, she'd still hear with the headphones. Yeah, so I don't right. want to talk about the spoiler. True. So But it's still it's like it shows that Superman changed everything mm-hmm. and now the superhuman arms race is happening whether we want it to or not. Mm-hmm. And that's where the fear comes in. That's why Suicide Squad works. As the overarching theme, Suicide Squad is bad, and it's supposed to be bad to bring back Superman and real heroes. That's why that mid credit scene of Bruce Wayne gathering all the heroes for Justice League, mm-hmm. that's why Suicide Squad's important. It's a bad movie kind of on purpose, which makes it kind of good if you see the big picture mm-hmm. of how Superman's like, whoa, I don't know how to feel about this dude. And then Batman, a lot of people like Batman in this universe. Mm-hmm. And then... Batman, Superman fight, and then Superman dies, stopping stuff. Oh man, I just said the spoiler, and after I just tried my best not to. That's fine. I mean, I'm it, sorry, it, it, it happens. It happens. Things happen. I know. You're gonna watch them eventually, and they're on a DVD. Yeah. <laughs> and then Suicide Squad's like, okay, we need a rushed plan right now. We need a. Yeah, we, we, I felt we like need that... a, They need. A, they put a bandit on the dam. That's what Suicide Squad is. Yeah, I felt like that project and... was really, really rushed. Yeah, it was, but I mean, like in a, in a way, it's kind of genius in how rushed it looks. You have to see that tra- that trashy movie is good for the big picture because it sets the stage for Justice League. Like, oh, these guys are bad. Get Dave, them out of here. Let's get the real heroes in. If you're listening to this and you can find it within you to like Suicide Squad, you are an awesome person. 
I, so, so I guess, awesome I guess, person? I guess you you are an awesome person. <laughs> I guess I'm a horrible person for disliking Suicide Squad. That has nothing to do with me liking Marvel, but I mean, I I didn't like Suicide Squad. But Wonder Woman, which came out a year after, absolutely fantastic, was awesome. Yeah. Andrea, did you see Wonder Woman? Of course she did. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> did you did. like Wonder Woman? Yes, I love the movie. Like, you know, I don't want to exaggerate, but I never knew I would ever watch a Wonder Woman standalone Wonder Woman like film like in my lifetime. You know, I never knew like, you know, it would like exist. You know, it was like everything that, you know, I ever wanted in a Wonder Woman film. And like, you know, also like you know, when I went to the movie theater and I saw, like, so many little girls watching that film, it really, like, inspired me and inspired, like, kind of, like, you know, what I wanted to have when I was little because, like, obviously I didn't have, like, you know, my um, Captain America. I didn't have my Hulk. I didn't have my, um, like, Avengers. And, you know, of course there was, like, Black Widow, but, you know, but let's be honest, Black Widow isn't, like, the best character, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for superheroes. So, like, Wonder Woman, you know, the most iconic female superhero of, like, you know, of all time for me, you know, got her own film. It was, you know, it was a very, like, you know, it was a moment for me. And, you know, also a lot of those little girls in that movie theater who, like, saw that film, you know, with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Ian, how did you like Wonder Woman? I liked it a lot. Not as much as Donna Justice, but that's because really? Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman are in the same movie. It's like, that's the, they got the Trinity... Okay. Pretty darn nailed yes, they in did. that. So I mean, it was really good. But the Wonder Trinity, Woman, the Trinity is also a standalone comic title that involves Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman fighting Rachel Ghoul. Oh, check that and, out! It's great. And Harley Quinn, I believe, and uh, it's Artemis and Bizarro. Thank you, Artemis and Bizarro. Sorry, I was going getting to Bizarro. I thought it was Harley Quinn. Go on. But anyway, like Wonder Woman is really good. By far, it's like a good mixture of Thor. Marvel and Captain America and just kind of smushing it together. Kind of like taking those two themes from those two movies and making it a really cool product because I think those movies are good by themselves, but combining it in Marvel for a Marvel superhero like Captain America and Thor wouldn't be as good. But Wonder Woman essentially was in that respect. And it went really well. It was really well done. Wonder Woman wasn't a boring character, which has been basically something for me as a barrier. I didn't like Wonder Woman that much because she's just never written well. And for the first time... I heard her new 52 stuff was pretty good. I will never... haven't read it, but... I never would know. I don't like new 52, and I kind of like staying as far away from that as possible. Rebirth is happening, trying to get with the new times. I like new 52. Rebirth so far is pretty good, so... So um, when it comes to Wonder Woman... Being really well written in Dawn of Justice, which everyone's all like, oh, Zack Snyder. I liked how Zack Snyder handled Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. In, like, not as much screen time as she got, but she was as good as we got it mm-hmm. for the time she was in it. She kind of seemed a little shoehorned the first time I watched it. What do you mean by that? She kind of was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm here now at the oh, end of Dawn okay. of Justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for her yeah. whole movie, like, one of the best parts of Dawn of Justice gets a two-and-a-half-hour movie, and it turns out fantastic. Which is the same parallel to Spider-Man and Civil War being literally the only part about Civil War I care about. Transferring for a two-hour movie about Spider-Man, who was the best part of Civil War. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man and Wonder Woman both worked well, and I think that's the best part. Like, even if you hated Dawn of Justice, I know people like said Batman was great, Wonder Woman was the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then when you see people talk about Civil War, 
everyone thinks was great. Spider-Man's still the best part of the movie. So mm-hmm. you see Spider-Man get his own movie, and it's fantastic. And you see Wonder Woman get her own movie, and it's mm-hmm. even more fantastic because it's the first female superhero story that did really well. And it could have backfired so bad, mm-hmm. but it didn't. It wasn't cringy at times. It never had any cringy moments, which was like... How could they mess it up easily? I mean, they can go with any movie. They can mess it up easily. But when it comes to the political climate, you could have had a complete crazy person trying to write this script for Wonder Woman, but you didn't. Right. And Zack Snyder got credit for a lot of the writing of it. And again, he doesn't write women terribly, which I'm kind of surprised. Right. Because Zack Snyder movies are hit or miss, and Sucker Punch was kind of a... hmm, Kind of a weird movie. I think that's his original idea. Sucker Punch was a little... Out there, I I genuinely enjoyed it, but I mean it was fun, Sucker but it was kind of Pun- weird. Sucker Punch is one of those movies where you're watching it in the basement, you know, on a Saturday night, and then someone comes down to do laundry, and they look over into the movie, and, you know, into the TV screen, and you change the channel, and they ask you, "What are you watching?" You go, "Nothing." <laughs> it's Get it's, out a, it's here. a movie you don't. It's, it's a movie you can be easily uncomfortable. Maybe you can be uncomfortable by watching this movie and embarrassed if someone catches you watching this movie. <laughs> I, I turn on porn to understand, to like, because I can explain this more. Then I can explain I'm watching Sucker Punch. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I, I would go that far. I would rather <laughs> I would rather watch Sucker Punch or Punisher Warzone before I watch Shoot 'Em Up. But now, well, now we're getting a little bit off topic. Okay, but anyway, so like, Zack Snyder wrote women kind of weird in that movie, but they wrote he wrote them. She, he wrote Wonder Woman. Pretty but they were darn still well. they were still the heroes though. They were yeah. He still wrote them. He still wrote women not as bad as everyone thinks, and I think that goes with the characters. Like, look at the difference between Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder is not really critically uh, praised as Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon's credited with all those adventure stuff, but he's a and, crazy and, psychotic person in real his, life. And his um, his handle in TV. He's done a lot of TV. Firefly, a right? A lot of Buffy. Didn't he? Didn't he work on some Buffy too? He did yeah, Firefly. He, he, he did Firefly and Buffy, which mm-hmm. are kind of good shows. But mm-hmm. he as a person is crazy. I do not want to meet I w- that I man. I wouldn't know. I mean, it's just like he, he, he's actually. I do believe that he's working on the Batgirl film. I hope oh, not. Oh God, no. <laughs> yeah, I believe he's working. He's either working on the Batgirl film. I, I do believe, and the uh, the director of the Lego Batman movies is going to direct the Nightwing movie. Actual that can be standalone cool. live action Nightwing movie. That'd be cool. Um, I want to see more of that. I mean, I, 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 Joss Whedon left the Marvel Cinematic Universe because um, they didn't like Age of Ultron because it was bad. Age of Ultron was was not good. It <laughs> wasn't good. But, but the, the he's moving over. Is go with he's, between Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder. He's Zack moving Snyder's over a pretty to, cool uh, person. His directing, many people, I find it. Let's say I like sixty percent of his work. I haven't seen a lot of his stuff, and I haven't liked a lot of the stuff people like. But I like the Watchmen. I like the DC universe he's doing, mm. and I think it's really a shame that he had to leave because of his daughter's. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Zack Snyder's uh, daughter had committed suicide, so that's why he dropped out of the project for the uh, Justice League. Um, a be- it's like that's a good, per- that's a pretty film. bold thing to do. Like I wouldn't be. I like, I don't know how I would feel about that. Like I would drop out too, but he did it so suddenly. Like I think like. She died, and like maybe two minutes later, he made an announcement saying, "I have to, I have to drop out of this." And I don't like how Josh Whedon kind of came in and it's like, "Yeah, I'm kind of redoing the Justice League now." It's like, I want to see Zack Snyder's vision to completion. Mm-hmm. That's just me though, because there's a lot of reshoots and stuff. And Justice League's coming out in November, and I don't want to see reshoots in September. You know what? 
it looks it Justice League looks fine. It looks good. The only problem I personally have with Justice League is two things. One is Cyborg. I understand it's 25 years later and I'm barely 25. Cyborg is not a Justice League member, okay? He's a Teen Titan. He is a Teen Titan. He's a Titan, that's it. Like, that's done. But they keep pushing him as a forefront, as one of the head honchos of a, of the Justice League member. They make him seem like a big gun at Justice League. When In every other story, he gets his butt kicked or he gets disassembled somehow. So it's like, why, Cyborg? Well, hopefully he does good in this. Because he looks yeah. really cool, and I'm giving him a chance. I just hope it's good, because if DC gets another critical failure, they might be done with this universe, and I do not want that to happen. Two is oh yeah, you have another Ezra reason. Miller being casted as Barry Allen. If you Google a picture of Barry Allen and Google a picture of, of uh, Ezra Miller, I almost said Wally West, Ezra Miller... <laughs> And put those two faces next to each other, it's like, wait, he's playing the Flash? Nah, man. There's no way. I mean, nah, man. And no, but they, they, they did it. Like, they, uh, they did it. What they, if it and can, Ezra Miller's what, what the Flash, it, and I'm not okay with it. What if it can be it. another, like, Eisenberg? Like, he can impress you. That's what I'm waiting for. Maybe another um, Mark Ruffalo, because remember, Edward Norton was supposed to come back as the Hulk, but according to people who'd worked with him on the Incredible Hulk, he was. Very, he was a micromanager, and he was he would throw tantrums on set and everything. So then, Edward Norton's kind of one of those guys. Josh Whedon actually had the idea of getting Mark Ruffalo in and replacing him, and it worked out well. It worked so out beautifully. Maybe Ezra Miller can be a cool work. Maybe, but I mean, I'm I, you know what? I watched Perks of Being a Wallflower, right? And I watched uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and I I see Ezra Miller a certain way. I don't, and I see, you know, I've read Barry. You don't see him as the Flash. I've read Barry Allen, you know, I've read Wally West as the Flash. You know, I used to watch the, you know, that was Wally West when we watched Justice League when we were kids when it was on Cartoon Network. So I've grown up with the Flash enough to know. I feel like, I, I don't think, I don't think Ezra Miller's going to represent him as lightly as I feel like he should be. Well, we'll, well, again, like, we'll see. Like, so, I, didn't, we'll I, didn't, see. I didn't think Ben Affleck would be good as Batman, and I was so disappointed. I was so turned around. Like, right. I love Ben Affleck as Batman. Well, I'm, I like Ben Affleck as Daredevil, and nobody likes that movie. I like it, but I think mean, he's not the worst Daredevil, but Charlie Cox is so oh, much yeah, better now. Oh, yeah, he's by so. far the he's so Daredevil. So he's the superior Daredevil. Like, so. Ben had his time in the sun. So I think from all this, I can't really say that I like the DC Universe, what they're doing with the movies, because mm -hmm. they're doing bold decisions. Mm -hmm. They kind of care about these characters. Marvel has this formula, and I feel like that you shouldn't what hate for them. What formula is that? Because, all right, let's look at these movies. So Iron Man, it was in 2008, and then The Incredible Hulk came out the same year. Two years later, Iron Man 2 came out, and then Thor came out the year later. That same year... Uh, Captain America came out the following year was Marvel Avengers Iron Man 3 came out in 2013 that same year Thor of the Dark World came out now we're going to skip all the TV shows and the Netflix series and all that stuff we're just going to stick stick strictly the cinematic movies alright so Captain America the Winter Soldier came out in 2014 Guardians of the Galaxy came out that same year Avengers Age of Ultron came out a year later that same year Ant-Man came out um, let's see Civil uh, a, year, War. a year later, Civil War came out that same year. Doctor Strange was a thing. A year later, this year, we just got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And Spider-Man. This year, we got Spider-Man. We're also going to get Thor Ragnarok. 
and that those are all the movies that we're going to get this year. Next year, we're going to get Black Panther and the Star of Infinity. Those War. are a lot of movies that I just named off. That, 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 but they, this that, is what they did. They, they started that, out that with Paramount, good characters. Right. They started out with good casting for these characters. I don't think there's one superhero in Marvel I think is like they could do something better. They can find a better actor. They have eh, villains. The Phase 1 had good villains. Yes, it did. And then from Mandarin, or quote unquote, air quotes Mandarin, I, all the way till Vulture... We're bad or I talked, forgettable. I, I talked bad about Age of Ultron. Let me talk about Iron Man 3. It's got a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's the third highest grossing um, Marvel film worldwide box office. That or hurts fourth. me. Or fourth, I'm sorry. That hurts my feelings. It's one of the only four Marvel movies to actually gross over a billion dollars worldwide. That movie was awful. <laughs> Iron Man 3 was awful. Awful. May I, I feel add, like, it's pretty like forgettable too. Yes, like, it I is. Did not remember anything from Iron right. Man three. I was like, "What's that movie like, about?" I, I don't even know. All I, I think, know is I that think one Iron of Man's them. In it. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like there's fire powers or something, mm-hmm. or something like that. I was like, it, "Yeah." It's Iron Man. <laughs> it's the cinematic universe equivalent of the Human Torch. Iron Man three was uh, loosely based off of the Extremis uh, story, and loosely. I loved. I loved Extremis. So I was so excited. For those of you who don't know, Extremis is basically um, not a program, but like let's say it's like a Skynet AI that's basically embodied into Tony Stark, and he could basically think the suit on him. Like he could basically think about the suit, and the suit appears on him, like a, like Power Rangers or VR Troopers. For those of you who grew up with you know stuff like that on Fox Kids, it literally just appears on him, and he's Iron Man. So literally, Tony Stark has become a a metahuman, a superhuman, if you will, because he can now think about technology and technology just gravitates towards him. They played with that a little bit in Iron Man 3 with his subconscious, but it was like a helmet thing and it was like through his mind and then it it would, it would kind of like Cerebro with Professor X, it wasn't actually embedded into his body, which is what pained me and then the, the 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 thing with the mandarin and 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 mr kingsley because he is a great actor and then to see him like throw away the mandarin just like that i was just like oh, oh man i think like this is the thing marvel cares about the heroes mm-hmm. they don't really give much about the villains and they give you a story about a lot of jokes a lot of good action and they don't focus as much on the story as because it's like you've grown up with iron man for like five years now you know everything about him mm-hmm. Let's kind of introduce a new character trait into him. Mm-hmm. But it's not like in depth. Like Superman, I can see the struggles he goes through for every movie he's in. I can see Batman and his turnaround was kind of random in, in Dawn of Justice. Mm-hmm. But it, still, you can see that turnaround. Right. Now, do you feel like DC and Marvel, the differences between the two of them, is their budgets? Do you feel like... Their do you budgets feel like, are very similar. Do you feel like Marvel's a little bit more... F- funded because it's got its backing by DC and they could pump out the merchandise and they can get more money from the t-shirts and the toys and the lunch boxes and the cartoons and do you feel like Marvel has commercialized itself more so than DC because DC when we were growing up everything was DC everything was Superman or Batman until the mid the, the mid 2000s maybe about 2005 2006 and then all of a sudden it was a shutdown but that was probably because Superman Returns wasn't very good. Nope. So 
I mean, so so what is it? What are your opinions on it? I want to get to Andrea first because you were the one who said you had a problem with this, which is why okay. we brought you on to the show. So what do you think? What do you think the 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 formula is? Why do you think there's such animosity towards Marvel and DC super, uh, superhero fans? Well, like you know, like the whole comparison of like because they have an expectations what DC movies are supposed to be, and they try to compare it with Marvel and. Marvel has their own thing, and DC, you know, in my opinion, I feel like it has a more darker tone to it than Marvel does. I mean, yeah, Marvel has their own dark, you know, times, but, like, you know, Marvel, you know, films are more, like, you know, how they, you know, have Disney with them. Mm -hmm. It's more geared for, like, you know, family, you Mm -hmm. know, so it's, you know, much more positive tone than DC. DC is, like, they, you know, bring out, like, the most, like, serious and, you know, dark themes to the audience, Mm -hmm. like, with like Batman, you know, um, Man of like no, with Man of Steel, how like you know the whole themes of like him, you know, trying to fit in in a planet where like humans, you know, fear him, but he doesn't want to be, you know, you know, fearsome. And with Wonder Woman, um, Wonder Woman's like, you know, she, you know, with Diana, like she has to like either like go turn her back against humanity because humanity, you know, is you know like violent, mm-hmm. and you know you have all these you know dark you know themes to it and with like Avengers I mean with Avengers and with Marvel I mean they don't really have you know much when it comes to themes as much as DC okay and so I feel like the fans are trying to compare these two be like well you know DC is not like Marvel and I'm like well they're not supposed to be right they have their own you know Mm -hmm. things you know what? Um, when it comes to Marvel, there are they are fronted by the Avengers, and Marvel is usually encompassed by you know a team, a community. We can do this together, so it's much more family themed. Uh, when it does come to DC, I mean, you have Bruce Wayne who you know suffers from you know depression and and he's alone and you know and you, PTSD and PTSD, and you look at you know Clark Kent and he's completely alone and unrelatable because he's the only one of his kind. Um, Wonder Woman was shunned by her people because she wanted to go do good on her own, for her own. So it, it, these, these themes here are kind of, I mean, the, the, they're two different entities. They're, they're good, but they're two, they're two separate formulas here. And I, and I think that's really why we should stop the whole Marvel versus DC debate. They're different. Let them be different. There's no comparison. Right. Disney's gonna sign a lot more money off than Warner Brothers will for DC. I mean, well, Marvel has their for own... now. So far, I know. I'm just you saying, never like, know. It, right now, Marvel's got way more money than DC will because Warner Brothers isn't as rich as Disney. So you got that comparison right there. Marvel has their own studios. They have Marvel. Mm-hmm. Su- they have their own subsection dedicated strictly to movies. They have writers for the movies. They have mm-hmm. the people who do everything specifically just for the movies. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers finds whoever they want to do this movie. They find mm-hmm. people to sign on projects like, "Hey, you want to do this superhero movie?" It's not as structured as Marvel, and they have, and also Marvel has way more movies to love right now. Mm-hmm. They're in the double digits. I think I counted just roughly, maybe fifteen or so movies mm-hmm. between. I one... named off quite a bit in yeah. between two thousand eight to now. That's not including. You know, uh, Agents of Shield or the Netflix uh, series yeah, or like the cartoons so or anything like much that. To love there's from a Marvel lot right of content. Even as something as bad as the TV shows like Agents of Shield and Inhumans, even mm-hmm. as those things are horrid, they have so many well, other Age, good. Uh, uh, Inhumans is horrid looking. We don't know anything about it yet. We have I to heard watch it's the got first zero percent right now. Oh uh, well, well, we're gonna have to watch it first. 
Yeah, but like the thing is, it's like you keep going into that whole. Even if it's like the bad stuff, it's like a drop in the bucket of all the good these guys got. So mm. DC's only got four things. Three out of the four are utterly fantastic and underrated. Suicide mm. Squad's bad, but in my own eyes, bad on purpose. Right. That weird thing about it's it. It's a bad. It's it's a good action movie. It's a fun. It's a it's a fun dumb movie, and it right. should, and, it, and we should just treat it as a fun dumb movie. When the in the bigger picture, that's really bad, mm-hmm. but it's bad because it's good for the real good that's about to happen. Yeah. And I think DC shouldn't be compared to Marvel. I feel like it's very unfair, and I feel like we're so desensitized for it. It's gonna be hard to have DC think, oh were different from Marvel, which they are. They're doing things differently. They're making bolder choices. Mm-hmm. They're making a guy who's a little bit older than us be Lex Luthor, a dude who should be in his 50s. Right. They're making Jared Leto the Joker still for some reason. I don't know why. That's yucky. They're <laughs> they're they're making Batman old. Uh-huh. They're making Superman sad. Mm-hmm. But they're doing them in cool, bold ways. And Marvel... They're being loyal to the characters, but in the, in the same sense, DC is too. But Marvel's being a little too loyal to these characters, and sometimes it's like, I've seen this already. Now, on the flip side of that coin, right now in terms of comic books, I would argue, I guess you could say right now, Marvel's very dark, and DC with Rebirth is coming to light. Um, so let me explain. With Evil Empire, for those of you who don't know, uh, Evil Empire is a story, and this is the main story for Marvel right now, where basically Red Skull, who's a Captain America villain, gets a hold of the Cosmic Cube, the thing that they were after for Avengers in the first Captain America movie. He actually gets, Red Skull actually gets a hold of it, and what he does with it is he changes, he rewrites the history of Captain America, basically making him a Hydra agent. Oh, as yeah. soon as that came out, every everyone was very against it, and... I, I was thinking, you know what, as long as they get good writers to go along with that story, they can do it. And so far, from what I've heard, Evil Empire is great. But, again, I also hear, you know, after after New 52 ended, Rebirth is also great. So, right now, in terms of comics, they're both doing very well. But and, right now, and you don't hear the division no, lines for no. the comics. It's the no. movies. Yeah. And I think it's like, we should just dive away mm-hmm. if dc wants to be more realistic and have a bigger death toll of civilians have the superheroes be disturbed mm-hmm. and stuff like because dc these guys are like gods to me as a kid superman couldn't get hurt or feel pain right and this one is and it's like it's humbling mm-hmm. and iron man and those guys like they're already humans we know they're gonna feel pain but mm-hmm. it's like to see them mm-hmm. to see the trinity have issues right it strikes me here and i think if I had to leave off and I have to end on any good topic, because I think we're over an hour, aren't we? Just a little bit, but... Well, yeah, so I think to, any, to end off on a really good note, it's nice to see that DC can make their gods bleed. And if any, yes. it's not going to make me believe in them less or not believe in them at all anymore, it's going to make them feel more relatable. Right. You know, at the end of the day, you know, DC versus Marvel. At the end of the day, they're just superheroes. Like, mm-hmm. why is there such a big issue? You know, we're they're just in the renaissance of right. superheroes. How about we stop <laughs> complaining, guys? Right. Well, before we end, we said that we were going to give a review about Batman Harley Quinn. It's bad. Now, we'll save it for tomorrow. Now, we'll save it for next. We'll save it for Friday. We'll save it for Friday. We'll save it for Friday. I guess. I didn't like it. I watched it last night. I mean, it, I enjoyed it, but 
I, I, let me just put it this way. I enjoyed it. I watched it with my girlfriend, and I enjoyed it. And she enjoyed it, but there... I mean, Bruce Tim. for those of you who don't know, Bruce Tim is a very different man that we got from the Superman and Batman the Animated Series in the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. I will just leave it at that. So We'll pick it up on Friday. Wear yes. that Nightwing shirt you're wearing now or something. I'll wear my... Uh, I'll wear the hoodie. Yeah, the Nightwing just hoodie. Wear a hoodie. So, Andrea, thank you very much for being on our show. Thank you, and thank- I am a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Ian. Oh, no problem. Anytime. Thanks for being on, uh, on this side of the board today. Oh, absolutely. Don't worry. On Friday, I want to get back there because I feel so uh, unfamiliar on this side of the table. <laughs> it's hard. But um, next time on the Iron Den, we're going to do a review of Batman and Harley Quinn, the movie. And what else is coming out? We'll find out on the, on Friday. So, so we will see you guys Have on a good Friday. One. Take care.